0: Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard is off until tomorrow, but filling in, I'm Dave Schrader along with
1: Andy Brant-Bernard
2: and Cassie Schrader.
0: Hey, Bill Cosby says prison is amazing. We'll find out about (laughs) that and more when we return to the Tom Bernard Show.
3: Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952 952-
1: Jailbird,
0: sing that rock. I hope Everybody somebody brought the puddin' pops.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, a little uh, jailhouse rock. So this is the story that came out um, yesterday. Okay? Headline, Bill Cosby's prison experience, in a word, amazing. That's what a rep quotes the comedian is saying. What adjective do you think Bill Cosby uses to describe his prison experience? If you picked amazing, you'd apparently be correct. In an interview with NBC 10, Cosby rep Andrew Wyatt was explicit. Yeah, he used the term amazing experience, and Wyatt had some updates on what experience is like for an 81 year old who is four months into a three to 10 year sentence for sexual assault. The latest on Cosby and his time behind bars goes as such. Per the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, Cosby was in late January moved from a cell near the infirmary, into the general population at the Philadelphia area, SCI Phoenix. The two-story unit features cells surrounding a central day room. In comments to CNN last week, Wyatt uh, disputed the general population characterization. He does not eat in the area with the other residents, he does not have a cellmate, and he does not exercise with the other residents. The DOC countered that he is in general pop, but hasn't yet been integrated.
1: Ah, uh, so it's coming. Right. So that's
0: that's the first story. It's amazing. Mm. Good, good on you, Bill. That's the way you feel about it. But today's title of the headline reads more like this. Cosby, I'm a political prisoner, like MLK and Gandhi. Oh, jeez. The 81-year-old makes his first statement since entering prison four months ago. Bill Cosby's name grabbed headlines Tuesday after Rep Andrew Wyatt said in an interview that NBC10, that uh, 81-year-old told him that he was having an amazing prison experience. More headlines came on Wednesday, this time thanks to the words that came straight from Cosby. NBC News reports it was the first statement since entering Pennsylvania's SCI, Phoenix, four months ago. It begins by explaining he heard about the NBC10 interview from fellow inmates. He says he has no remorse and never will. I uh, was given a deal. I settled out of court for $3.8 million. I waived my Fifth Amendment rights. I was declared not guilty in 2005 by the Commonwealth, never charged. However, a low-life district attorney and a corrupt judge needed me guilty now, not for justice, but for their political aspirations. So this dirtbag is still Denying. denying everything.
2: Well, then what what is – he says he has no remorse. Well, if he didn't do anything, what do you have
0: to be – Well, that's what he's saying. I I don't have any remorse because I'm not guilty of it. He continues, per NBC10, My political beliefs, my actions of trying to humanize all races, genders, and religions landed me in this place, surrounded by barbed wire fencing, a room made of steel and iron. So I now have a temporary residence that resembles the quarters of some of the greatest political prisoners. Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, Randall Robinson, and Dr. Benjamin Chavis. I stand upright as a political prisoner, and I smile. The truth is strong. Wyatt, who released a statement, told NBC News Cosby is not sad, but in an amazing spirits. Wow. So he he's now turned himself in his own mind into this kind of um, superhero. This 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 person that's right along the lines of Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, and Mahatma Gandhi.
2: That's disgusting! You're in in jail for rape and assault. Oh my god!
0: Unreal.
2: How, that, oh my God, that, now to me, you would think the black community would be in an uproar for him saying that.
0: I don't know. I don't know how much of the black community believes he's innocent and was railroaded yeah. because of, uh, because of his color and his stance.
2: I don't know. Cause there's a, you, you, not to compare it to OJ Simpson, but they didn't have the, they, he didn't have the following of saying that he was not guilty like OJ did
0: there was a lot of people that were saying he was not guilty, including some of his uh, fellow celebrities.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. But they
0: all got real quiet as it kept getting thicker and more people came out. But there were people that were supporting him. So I really don't know. But uh, again, I don't know. Do you really want to be the person to say he's not and, you know, uh, speak up for the black community and and try to, you know, I think in this case, it's just best the black community doesn't say anything because... Mm -hmm. It could be volatile either side, right? And then it suddenly looks like, oh, so you're condoning a man that's drugged and raped women all these years. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. And it could be volatile either way. But what a dirtbag. How many women came forward? There was like over 20-some oh, women, right?
2: I think it almost went into the 30s Whew. of women. It, but, see, we were hearing their side of the story. Was there actual any evidence of...
0: Well, they must have had some evidence they got him. Um, The problem is a lot of these things have statute of limitations on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of cases couldn't be followed up, and it was just one of the most recent cases I think they got him on, right? Wasn't that the?
2: I think so. It was one that happened within the last 10 years, I believe. So at 71,
0: he's still doping and, and doing women.
2: Yeah.
0: And Camille has kind of stood by him through all this.
2: Oh, I know. Does she I'm have a
0: sure. shark. Well, I, I am and I'm not. I Here's what I wonder. Um, you know, I just got done listening to Roger Daltrey's autobiography, right?
5: Mm-hmm. Thank
0: you, Mr. Kibblewhite, which <laughs> it's kind of a slam at one of his teachers that told him he'd never amount to anything, right? But he talked about the fact that he's very much in love with his wife, but he was very open and upfront with her. Listen, I'm on the road half the year or more. It gets lonely. I'm not going to not have sex with other women. So mm-hmm. if you're cool with this, and she's like, "Well, whatever works, as long as you come home to me, and this is our family," and this, and he's open about that in the book. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what did the, you know, what did Camille, what was the agreement? Well, you I, know,
2: I just googled. There was over sixty women that came forward. Sixty saying Bill women. Bill Cosby accused them of uh, accused him of sexual harassment and assault.
0: Sixty women.
2: Yes, a com- and it gives a complete list of each woman.
0: Right, and there's a lot story. of... Some of them are celebrities.
2: Yes. Uh, what's that supermodel?
0: Janice Dick- Dickinson. Dickinson, yeah. yes. she, she was, was one.
2: A, yeah, she was a huge one. She was going all over like HLN, CNN, MSNBC.
0: See, the problem is she's such a mess. Yes. All the other times it's hard to... You know, and, and, and I hate to say this as a man, this going to make me sound horrible, but then when you see people that are just such a mess all the time, it's hard to believe their stories. Yeah. But maybe the reason they're such a mess is because they've had to deal with this kind of nonsense throughout their career.
2: That, and also, too, and, and I hate to say it because um, Hollywood is so shallow
0: mm-hmm.
1: that
2: they would come forward, even though it's not true, just to get publicity. Oh,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: And that's sad. You know, it's, hmm. so it's like, did they really have an interaction with Bill Cosby, or are they just hopping on the bandwagon? That's so why they can get their name out there.
1: We have the uh, innocent until proven guilty thing.
2: Because, like, a lot of these women, in in a lot of cases, they're up and coming actresses mm-hmm. trying to get mm-hmm. jobs and stuff like that. They're... Right,
1: but
0: that would also, and now that we know about the Me Too movement, so much mm-hmm. more open about it. About who, how many people were involved. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that's. That's the exact type of people that that were putting themselves in the harm's way.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: So you know he's got all of these people that he's he's trying to um, mentor and trying to help out. And oh, here, just take oh, I just gave her some Benadryl. Mm-hmm. You know, she just needed Benadryl. Well, Benadryl doesn't knock you on your ass. I mean, it, it makes if you, you take dr- a
1: ton of it, right? It would, but <laughs> <laughs> it
0: makes you groggy. But I don't think it makes you groggy to the point you pass out and, and don't realize you're being diddled by Bill Cosby. Yeah, no.
2: Well, there's been a lot of, uh, quite a few high-profile celebrity um, serial rapists like that. The Max Factor heir did -hmm. that to women as well. He would roofie them, bring them back to his place, and he would sexually assault and rape the women while they were passed out. And he ended up fleeing to Mexico, and that's where Dog the Bounty Hunter went and captured him there and then there was like a big hubbub because he captured him on foreign soil mm-hmm. that it wasn't a legitimate
1: yeah. i uh, can't really say arrest like, right.
2: but yeah because he was
1: citizens arrest
2: yeah because he was out on bail he was a fugitive so dog the bounty hunter is the one that captured him and um brought him back but yeah there's been quite a few high men Right. That would do that to women. I don't get that. Why would you want to have sex with somebody who's unconscious? I mean, they're not even awake.
0: I don't know. I Well, you <laughs> know, I used to, when I was a bouncer at college, I worked, um, you know, this place called Max's in Winona. And uh, at the end of the night, it's amazing how many new bedfellows you can make. Mm-hmm. You know, the drunk girls are always stumbling up to you and, you know you're cute. And I'd say, well, you know what? I'll be happy to take you up on that option tomorrow when I'm not working and mm-hmm. you're sober. And if you feel the same way, I'll be happy to do everything you're asking me to do right now. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Funny enough, I think I only got two or three that actually came back the next day sober and still had the interest. No. <laughs> so I don't know if that just says I'm just that unattractive that uh, the other woman woke up and were like, oh God, what was I thinking? Or was it, you know, that, that that was the case, but you know, you know. Sometimes when you're in that low situation, the inhibitions go down, and you're willing to do things you wouldn't normally do. Um, yeah, it's it's alarming uh, how many of these stories have, have come out. Robert Culp died a couple years back, mm-hmm. and you know he was the uh, he was integral in, in Bill Cosby's success mm-hmm. because he created, helped create, and write I Spy. Oh, okay. And that was the first series to feature a black actor in a main role mm-hmm. and cosby really didn't have acting experience at that point he was he was more of a comedian so culp took him under his, his wing and i thought boy what a shame that robert culp i think he like tripped and bonked his head and that's what killed him mm-hmm. but i don't think he would have survived this going on with with bill cosby i think it would have crushed him yeah. because he loved bill cosby I mean, here's the, here's the deal. That had to be tough, too. You're Robert Culp. You're an esteemed actor. You create the series that everybody loves and talks about, right? Mm-hmm. It's getting all this attention, and Bill Cosby keeps winning Emmy after Emmy for it, and you get nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That had to be tough, but it was showing he, he was right in what he'd created worked. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a cool story. But, yeah, I don't know how Robert Culp would have dealt with this. Well,
2: when, when, when the accusations came out about Bill Cosby, I was in shock.
0: Yeah, I think that, everybody was. That
2: was the most shocking um, thing I've I think I've ever experienced. Like, no, this can't be true. It's Bill Cosby. It's... Well, and
0: that's the whole thing is he was hiding in plain sight. Yeah, because and
5: that's
2: scary. He was
0: hiding behind the genial, loving, educational face of Bill Cosby and the you know Fat Albert and all of that, and you just figure, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is great. You know this this is this is our our guy. Wait, what he, he did? What? Mm-hmm. No. No, no, people are because I remember my mom even saying that people are just trying to cash grab on this guy Mm -hmm. and they're trying to take advantage and they're cashing in on on a celebrity that's going to be easy pickings. And and, uh, and, you know, before she passed away, she was a firm believer he had done all these things as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a shame to watch somebody from that. Grouping fall apart you know and then you start hearing things like every celebrity starts taking it right like I remember when John Denver died you started hearing he had like the most kills in Vietnam as a sniper ever and all of these weird claims and none Mm -hmm. of them ever came true of course Mm -hmm. but it was just like people love to make up stories. Yes, yeah, you do. know, Mr. Rogers was supposedly a, a killer and has, had all these, and I think they even tackle that in one of the documentaries. They say something along the lines of, "They no.
1: said that he was in like he was like a Vietnam like captain or something like right. that, and he wasn't. yeah, it wasn't the truth at all.
0: So everybody wants there to be a dark side to these people, yeah, right." Mm-hmm.
1: Well yeah, I remember like I even when I was a little kid, uh, you know, Blues Clues. Right. The character from the character Steve was replaced at some point. And right. of course, everyone was like, "Oh, it's cuz he is addicted to meth or because he raped someone." Or, right. But the truth was that he was going bald <laughs> and didn't want they didn't want I a bald that. guy to host a kids show because they wanted him to look young cuz he was well, he, was like he didn't want to. Like a kid. He said he felt dumb yeah.
0: doing it, so he backed out and brought Joe in. Uh-huh. And then he did like a couple episodes where he came back from college to visit Joe uh-huh. and Blue. But then he just kind of faded out. And there's there's some funny interviews out there with him and Follow uh Steve talking about his his experiences on Blue's Clues. But yeah, he was like, yeah, you know, I was slipping into 30s, balding, and maybe I wasn't the guy to be playing with Blue
1: anymore. Yeah,
2: do you think he walked around in that outfit in public? The khaki pants and the
1: well, I don't know. Okay, so there was two
2: green striped shirt. Can there you was,
1: help me find the second paw print? Right.
0: <laughs> there was the little girl from um, Lazy Town, Stephanie. Yeah. Yes. And I remember my son Linus comes up to me. and goes, "Dad, did you hear about Stephanie? She got busted being a prostitute. She was going to places dressed as Stephanie to have sex." And you'd find these articles online, and I started tracking them back because I was like, "This seems weird." And sure enough, as I track back. Everybody's just copying and pasting. When you track back the original story, it's on a spoof like an onion website yep, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's where it started mm-hmm. from. So that's why I'm not fond of these spoof news websites because people will read it without taking the time to you know they'll I, I copy and paste that link and put it in. Andy reads it and reads the article doesn't bother to see that any of the information says this and then he spreads it or he copies and pastes parts of the story out and puts it in his blog or on his video blog and and it just keeps spreading
1: that's why i'm so skeptical of anything i read online without like eight different cross checks and sources and stuff which is sad you shouldn't have to do that but you do i
2: I, my source is tmz because if it's on tmz it's probably true
0: That's unfortunately true as well. We have to take a break. We'll come back. I've got some more weird stories. Love seekers lost $143 million to scammers in 2018, according to the Federal Trade Commission. We'll talk about that next on the Tom Bernard Show.
3: Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jennifer, who started as a customer service rep and is now vice president. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on Priority, because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Sabre, and Bryant, whatever it takes.
5: I, I can't get these out of
0: my mind. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom and Catherine and the whole crew will be back with you tomorrow on Valentine's Day, rounding out your week. I'll be back, what, at the end of February, filling in for a few days more.
2: Yeah, they, they will be in Cuba.
0: In Cuba. In Cuba. When they're in Cuba. How come when they get to go all the cool places, I got to stay here? <laughs> Why don't they bring us along? Andy, I let's actually make this would happen. Like Why can't we cook- do the Tom Bernard Show podcast and and afternoon programs from Cuba as well?
2: I think mm. it would be fun to go to Cuba.
0: Yeah. Mm. You
2: know, it's kind of one of those, for a long time, you know, with the embargo that they had, it was kind of a forbidden place. Yeah.
1: Not kind of. It was a forbidden place. You know. And um, people who've been there basically say that it's like, it's basically like going back in time to the 50s because it basically existed as its own, you know, area that no one came to or left since the 50s. Yeah. So So they had
2: all. Nothing
1: has changed. The, the technology, yeah, the yeah. cars oh. are all the same. So now they bring in Americans and we're going to ruin it?
2: Yeah, we're going to bring in modern <laughs> cars and cell phones.
1: Nice. Well, to be fair, 50s cars aren't exactly, you know, everyone's talking about the environment. You run a 50s car for about 10 minutes and you've just warmed the environment by a good can five degrees. I tell yeah. you
2: what a secure job in Cuba is. is a mechanic.
1: Yes. Oh, really? oh, oh yeah. yeah. They, learned, the, they, they had to learn because they can't get new cars, so they have to fix them no yeah. matter what. Oh, so huh.
2: even like just five years ago, people are driving around in a fifty-five Chevy Bel Air. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it looks pristine.
1: Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. you know well, you throw away a car. Cuba's so
0: hot that if you said all these old cars are there, <laughs> yeah, right so right there you in go. There. <laughs> <laughs> now that we get in new cars, I wonder if they're going to start cooling off in mm. Cuba. We're going to be changing. That's why the
1: poles are shifting, Andy. That's why. It's the polar vortex. Yes, we've changed it all. Cuba. It's all, They were the source of the world's heat. Yes. <laughs> Valentine's
0: Day tomorrow. People are always looking for love. Are they? They are. People are looking for love. And going online to different dating sources. Yeah. According to the Federal Trade Commission, love seekers lost $143 million to scammers in 2018. That's more than any other type of consumer fraud found by the agency last year. So if you wanted the FTC's take on Valentine's Day, here it is. Beware of getting scammed seeking love online. The warning comes via the agency's latest revelation, which cites more than 21,000 reports of people getting swindled by Internet paramours in 2018 NPR reports their wallets got crushed along with their hearts to the tune of 143 million dollars which was more than any other type of consumer fraud that they identified last year for context the agency reported that just three years earlier 8500 people filed reports noting 33 million dollars in losses so three years ago, there was $33 million in losses. So it's like over three times as much yes. in just three years. Wow. The median it's amount... <laughs> growing the, industry. The median amount that individual people lost in 2018 was $2,600. Yeah. Though that number spiked for people 70 and over. That was around $10,000. Meanwhile... 70 and over and they're... Well, yeah. I'm sure that you've got, you know, the the... And I'm sure that they're the wealthier. And how do you meet somebody that's the right person for you? And you're not just getting a gold digger. I guess, yeah. You know, so they're they're putting they have these high end, matchmakers, right? That you pay. And sometimes it's like you're paying ten thousand dollars to meet one or two people. Totally. So meanwhile, those ages 40 to 69 lost more than double what 20-somethings did. A word of advice for the FTC, don't give money to someone you've met only on the computer. And don't ignore any nagging red flags that pop up during conversations, like shifting stories. If you do think you've been the victim of this particular type of imposter scam or any other kind, the agency has some resources to help you. What's this uh, – the, the, well, let me pull up this story. The Cupid of Chaos. I like the sound of that. Um, you know, I think I, – I got taken a few times in my single days uh, when I would try to help somebody. You know, you so I'd meet somebody through a dating site, you know, mm-hmm. and Match.com or Plenty of Fish, right? And then I realized Plenty of Fish is just a hookup site. Yeah, Uh, which is weird because I never got hooked up on plenty of fish, but match seemed a lot sluttier to me. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be honest with you. Mm. Um, But you know, you'd start chatting back and forth, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah," and then all of a sudden it'd be like, "Oh god, I'm having a horrible day. What happened?" Well, they just shut off my electric bills, one hundred and sixty-eight dollars. I don't have it. I'm like. I'll help you out, and boom, here, I pay off 168 bucks. trying to be a good guy, and then you find out it's, like, some 400-pound four, uh, you know Hispanic dude I'm chatting with, not,
5: oh,
2: not the picture
0: of the gal I've been chatting with, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So um, that's, what do they call it, catfishing? Yes. Yeah, so they don't really do that. Now, here's the other thing. Some of these date, dating sites, so if you go to a specialized dating site like nerdsonly.com, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's because if you, if you have a love of Star Trek, Star Wars, this, that, and the other, you can join up to nerds dating only online, right? And you sign up and I'm, that's not a real site, at least not that I'm aware of. Might be, but um, there's another one out there that does exist that uh, I actually had to be a spokesperson for, for a short, short time. But then I learned what they were doing, Andy, check this out. So I'm trying to get it. Well, to start it off, they need to seed the population. So Obviously when you start a new dating oh, yeah, site
1: Yeah I've heard about this. You can
0: have like 400 guys and two women. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Or you get uh, you know lopsided either way. So what they do is they start seeding from other sites. So you might be pulling from Farmers Only, you might be pulling from Hot Latina Chicks mm-hmm. Love or you know all these strange sites and then you're like reading their profiles like I man, she's hot. She what do you like Star Trek or Star Wars? And they're like what? You know, well, what, what makes you a nerd? Yeah. You said, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. And you start realizing that there's no real connection. They're just seeding the population. Yeah. So there are 20,000 members strong. Of those 20,000 members, about 500 are the people that are actually into what you're into, Yeah, which is, is pretty disparaging.
2: Yeah, that is.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and what really pissed me off was on the one side, I was asked, you know, would you join – you know, so that we could tell people you're on there and I'm like, sure, what the hell? If it draws attention and and I can help out and it was, you know, a nice deal for the guy I was working for at the time. And then I start finding out that all these names are, are um pulled from all these other websites that have nothing and these people have no clue why you're contacting them.
5: Oh that's yeah, that's weird. Yeah.
0: So it's it's very strange, right? Cuz then they're like uh you you cuz your profile like if you go on nerdsonly.com and you're going to be putting in your profile, "Oh, I love BattleStar Galactica. I love this, that, and the other." And then everybody else's profile is just a normal dating profile.
5: Uh-huh.
0: And they're like, "Why are you such a nerd?" You know, yeah. they don't have any clue where they're pulling yeah. this information from. Uh one of times people of the year just got arrested. Uh-oh. How do you like that? I I guess, oh wait, no, Well, let's go back to the Cupid of Chaos if I can get the computer to actually work for me here and then we'll tell you about the Times People of the Year that just got arrested. Maybe, maybe not. See, this would be a good time to truncate during the show today. (laughs) You'll have a nice pause point. Um, Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, Andy. This computer seems to be fighting me on everything. Uh, All right, everything just shut down. I lost everything on my computer. Oh. So there's that going for us. Uh, so I have no story. If you guys want to chat aimlessly between yourselves whilst I pull those stories back up, I can certainly, uh,
2: yeah, the internet's been acting nuts lately. I don't know what's going on. I've been having issues with my phone, um, and like just Wi-Fi connection. I don't know. It's like mercury and what is that?
1: Retrograde
0: retrograde.
2: Yeah. It seems like we have technology issues when that happens. <laughs> well,
0: that's the whole point. Yeah. Mercury, mercury and retrograde seems to mess up with a lot of things. Um, yeah.
1: Maria Ressa is the person who was arrested.
0: All right. What's the story? You could go ahead and share that with us while I'm trying to get my system to
3: work here.
1: A high-profile journalist detained in the Philippines, says President Rodrigo Duterte, is trying to silence her. Maria Ressa, CEO of news site Rappler and a 2018 Time Person of the Year, faces a cyber libel charge stemming from a 2012 article that linked a prominent businessman to a top judge during his impeachment trial. So it looks like she was arrested for some other thing and now she's blaming Duterte and we don't really have any details because it's in the Philippines. But everyone's going nuts about it because, you know, Duterte is a little uh, controversial, you could say. It sounds like a nice spicy treat. It does. (laughs) What did
0: you make? I've brought a a
1: dish of chips and some Duterte.
2: (laughs) No kidding.
1: He's the guy who basically called Open Season on Drug Dealers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are, uh, you know, they're a little worried about him.
2: Yeah, he's he's had some bizarre um, policies that he's wanted to implement in the Philippines. Wasn't there something, too, about uh, transgender people as well? Does that ring a bell?
5: Hmm. I thought
2: he said something about, like, he wanted to... I don't wanna say it if it's Let's not true. I just remember here. something in the Philippines uh-huh. something to do with transgender.
0: Well while we're looking that up, if I told you a guy had four wives that we know of and there may be more, what would your description of the guy look like looking like sound or be? What would you what would you think this guy probably Physically, uh, so he's,
2: like he's seven years old with curly hair <laughs> and glasses, <laughs> no, no, no. No, like no. my son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Truth later. Okay, guy, this is, this is a true story. He's the uh, Cupid of Chaos. Mm-hmm. So if you figure a guy's got the charm and the swarthiness to, to at least have four wives at one time, honestly, what would your depiction of that be in your mind?
1: Hmm.
2: I would say he probably looks like Harvey Weinstein.
1: Yeah, see, Charles really? Manson did it, and he wasn't exactly attractive or like, you know, right, but he was at that
0: time. You know what's really weird? You look at him now, it's really easy to say, What a yeah. skimmy looking dirtbag. But you talk to the women, and he was very charismatic and attractive. Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein, I don't think so. Uh,
2: there's well, got to be some... Now I'm
0: starting to wonder what you see in me. <laughs> no, Am I just some big, fat, dumpy well, no, old you, Aspen? You don't who
2: have four or five wives I'm that you saying... know of. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, uh, for some reason, men to me that have. Um a lifestyle like that.
0: There mm-hmm. he is. Oh yeah. Here's See? the Cupid of Chaos. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, Cupid, right. I mean he does look like a big fat baby that would be wearing a diaper. Yeah. This is
1: not the guy uh See to me, the kind of woman who is attracted to a guy who already has three wives probably isn't attracted to him for his looks. It's probably because he's the leader of a cult or something right. like or that. Or has money. Or, yeah. I don't. This guy doesn't look like he's sensitive or has money. Let's find
0: out. <laughs> at least in the TV series Big Love, Bill Hendrickson had his all his wives in the same neighborhood. Michael Middleton of Maine, hmm. who was arrested for bigamy in Ohio last week, seemed to like to spread his spouses out over several states. With an in, uh, indictment accusing him of having at minimum. A wife in Alabama, one in Georgia, one in New Hampshire, ABC reports the Cupid of Chaos, as the Franklin County Sheriff's Office has dubbed him, is said to have married Alicia Grant in Dover, New Hampshire in 2013. But he was still allegedly wed to Alabama's Cassandra Shipley, as well as to Catherine Lashley of Georgia. And there may be even more wives in the mix. An NBC4 investigation found a fourth marriage license in Kentucky between Middleton and Ashley Clymer, a 25-year-old developmentally challenged woman. I know there are multiple wives. I know of at least four and possibly a fifth, the Franklin County Sheriff's spokesman told NBC News. It disgusts me. Clymer tells NBC4, saying that he, uh, she met Middleton on Facebook, I don't know how he could say he loved me and just lie to my face for three years. Grant, who WMTW cites as the wife who filed the initial police report of Middleton, says he wheedled $20,000 out of her. Wow. This charmer got twenty grand out of her. He makes you feel special. Oh my God. She says, then he marries you, abuses you, drains your assets and leaves, per the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Franklin County authorities tweeted that Middleton was tracked down Friday. He's being held in Columbus for extradition to Maine, where he faces charges, including assault, domestic violence and driving under the influence. Grant speaks much more about their time together in Newsweek, noting she and the other wives are all now friends.
1: Aww. So he was a sociopath.
2: Sounds like my uh, biological grandfather.
0: Wow. <laughs> this guy. Uh I just Wonder if I don't I'm see it. I I guess I don't know who he's who's well, if, charming on this either.
1: Yeah, I mean if you know, you find someone who's emotionally you know ruined or so desperate or you know, if he's just after them for their money then, you know, goes after to
0: look like this guy. And mm-hmm. I, I know looks are not all that important, but they're, you got to be honest. What usually is a first spark is some kind of physical attraction. Mm-hmm. There's always some kind of – you find something appealing about that person.
1: You know, Maybe he looks like their fat dad
0: who abandoned them. <laughs> their fat dad. Maybe that does. Wow. Thanks for making it even darker than it already <laughs> seemed, Andy.
1: Well, we actually had a uh, – well, the matchmaker – not a matchmaker, a uh, relationship expert – yesterday, I think? Wasn't she the one who basically said that our... Oh, Dr. Harville Hendricks. It was him. Right. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, a lot of relationships start because they remind you of, like, a caretaker whose, like, affection you didn't, you know... Right. Yeah. So, there's plenty of that going on. And in that case, the attraction isn't really important.
2: I don't have daddy issues, please. (laughs)
1: She no. wants me to wear Old Spice like her dad. My she dad likes didn't that wear I like Old Star Spice. Trek like you her dad.
0: Brute, I'm worried. I'm worried.
2: No, I just like the scent of Old Spice.
0: And she makes me call mm. her baby girl. I'm getting <laughs> no. so oh, I'm oh. unnerved. We'll take a break.
3: I've got to regroup and think this through. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Show
0: All right, welcome back to the show This is the Tom Bernard Show Tom and Catherine and the crew will be back with you tomorrow and Friday I'm Dave Schrader You can always check out my programming Beyond the Darkness, Midnight in the Desert and True Crime Tuesday Go check out my website DarknessRadio.com To keep up with all the cool things we're going to be doing on those programs So if you like the strange and supernatural I'm the guy for you That's how my profile used to read
2: (laughs) All the strange and unusual (laughs) Yes
0: Uh Dating sites. Did you ever use a dating site at all? No. because no. you just went, you bounced from one relationship to another. Well, Look don't, at you.
2: <laughs> no, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know if I could do that. That, yeah. to me, was just too kind of weird. I, personally,
0: every- It's hard when, I'll tell you, when you get to the age of 40 plus and you start, uh, you're single, mm-hmm. it's hard to go out there and meet people because you're, you go to the bar scene and it's everybody's under your age.
5: Yeah.
0: And there's, you know, and do you really want to meet somebody from a bar scene anyway? Did that ever go right for you when you were in your 20s, right? For real. And then, you know, what am I going to do? Hang out at the bingo halls and look for the woman most unsteady on her feet because (laughs) I I can seem like a knight in in shining armor. So you you try some of these dating sites. And I tried a few of them and I'd go out on a few dates, but it was, you know, I got to tell you, my worst date ever, (laughs) right? This was, oh, God, it must have been 20 years ago. I go through a dating site. meet this gal. We meet out at the Good Earth restaurant over in, uh, what town is that in? Roseville? I think it's in Roseville. We go over to the Good Earth and I meet her. She Her first comment to me, Andy, is, oh, you're a lot balder than I thought you'd be. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, that's an interesting opening line. But, okay, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it started when I was younger, but, you know, hair isn't everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we go sit down at dinner and everything, she's nitpicking everything about me. Mm. Then a gay couple comes in and sits at a table next to us. And they start holding hands. And you know, like when you're having a conversation, you might talk like mm-hmm. this at a table, especially if you're talking about something that bothers you. In full volume, she goes, Oh my God, if those two FAGs start kissing, I'm going to vomit right here on the table that loud. Wow. And everybody in the place just kind of stops because it's the good earth and half the place was a gay restaurant. Sounds yeah. like you were being People. punked. Right. And that's what I'm thinking. So part of it was like I was in a car wreck that was going so slow I just had to watch it happen. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then same volume. She goes, the only thing worse is watching a white woman come in here with some enner." Oh. And if I got to watch mm. another black man licking all over a white woman, I'm going to scream. And my, my jaw's on the table. So I'm like, all right, we've already ordered our meal. I'm going to eat, and I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. So the meal ends. I say, okay, take care. And she goes, well, I thought we were going to a movie tonight. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't seem like a very good fit. And she goes, well, you said this was we were going to a movie. And I go, well, yeah, but you're, you've done nothing but rip me apart. Well, don't be such a sensitive. Obviously, I think you're okay, or I would have gotten up during the meal and left. And then I'm like, yeah, but you've been so abusive to everybody and you're so loud and well, I got a babysitter for this. We're not even gonna get to go to the movie. I pissed away. I had to pay in advance. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. Let's go to the movie. It's two hours sitting there quietly, right? I don't have to worry about that. So then to keep me pinned in, she's like, Well, I'll just ride over with you. You can drop me back off. The movie theater's right around the corner. Okay. So we go in to go to the movie. And um Afterwards, we're driving back, and she goes, you want to make out for a little bit? And I go, I certainly do not. (laughs) And she goes, why not? I said, you are horrible. You talk through the entire movie. You're racist. You're a homophobe. (laughs) Oh, so you like Fs and Ns? And I'm like, I don't have a problem with anybody as long as they're cool and don't have a problem with me. You know? Gender, race, it doesn't matter to me. And she was just put off by that. But then she's like, come on, come on. And she starts touching my thigh and rubbing her hand up my thigh. I'm like, what? I I, I looked at her and I go, seriously, what is wrong with you? She goes, what do you mean? And I go, you've got it. This has got to be some joke, right? Did one of my buddies set you up on this? She's like, what? And I said, nobody could be as horrible as you are and actually think we're going to make out tonight. (laughs) And she's like, what? Well, that's the rudest thing. Am I not attractive? I go, Physically, you're very appealing. Internally, you are horrid. Please, just go to your car. And she wouldn't. I had to get out of my car and go into the Good Earth and sit down and wait for her to get out of my car. Oh my god! And then when she got out and got in her car, I went out to my car and left. And then I made sure I wasn't followed yeah. the whole way. Oh well, yeah, I totally would have been worried about that. So that was that was one of my biggest uh, nightmares on a on a <laughs> blind date. Uh, then of course there was I went out on, on the state and this girl goes, listen, I got to be really honest with you up front. I like you a lot, and you're gonna get lucky tonight, but I have herpes. Oh. I got it from my ex-husband <laughs> when he cheated on me. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. She goes, well, that shouldn't keep us from being together and blah, blah. I said, well, I really don't want to have herpes. And no. she's like, well, there's things you can do. You can wear condoms and such. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, on the first date that kind of hit me between the eyes with this, you might have want to put that, you know, in your your di- when you put on there drug and disease free, that wasn't exactly <laughs> a, the truth, was it? Drug- and I understand... And he- I understand herpes is something you don't, but on your first date, hey, Andy, you're going to get lucky tonight. But fair warning, I've got a weepy vagina, right? That's (laughs) something you don't want to hear. You're not going to be like, sounds like I'm in. Let's go. Uh, Uh, Right. So it's just to me, that's, uh, I don't know yeah I've mm-hmm. been on a couple of uh, a handful of just terrifying yeah. first dates that way see
2: I've never been on a date where I didn't know the person prior to going on the date mm-hmm. I've always been friends with somebody or knew knew of them and knew their personality and and how they interacted with people before going on that first date yeah. so. Yeah, I've never done the whole blind date or, you know, met somebody online <laughs> right. and meet up. And ne- I've never done that. I don't think I could.
0: Well, see, so, yeah, okay, then what do you do in this situation? Right? So I've, I was dating this woman. We got along great. Her kids loved me. We were attracted. We had good sexual chemistry. And then one day I'm, I'm sitting there watching. She's making a spread for the uh, football game. And I'm watching the Vikings. Chris Carter goes up and fingertip catches a football drags his toes over the line, keeps the ball in, I'm cheering, and she walks in and she goes, well, yeah, that's what they're bred for. And I go, that's what? She goes, well, that's what the N's are bred for. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, oh, okay, you're being ironic. Weirdly ironic, but okay. And then a little bit later she makes another comment about the N-word and, and makes some other generalization. And suddenly I'm, I'm, I realize I'm steeped in, in this relationship with a woman who's deeply flawed and (laughs) a racist so i talked to my buddy ken right and and i go to work and i'm talking to my buddy kenny he's a black guy and i go ken i gotta ask you i gotta ask you a question Uh i said so so you're dating a woman things are going great everything is fantastic great chemistry all the way around all of a sudden she starts just racially tearing white people apart and he goes "Uh uh-huh and I said, oh, maybe that doesn't have the same impact on the other side. And he starts <laughs> laughing and he goes, probably not. And I said, but if, if the person you were with started just like showing this really racist side, everything else about him is great. Do you just overlook that flaw? And he looks at me and he goes... I will slap the stupid out of you. And I go, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But she's hot. She's great. I, and he goes, but she's a racist, you moron. And I, I know it just.
2: Where are you meeting the? I met women. her through a
0: friend at work.
2: Oh, I was going to say, are you like some like skinhead dating <laughs> yeah, skinhead site? skinhead
0: dating site. <laughs> <Whiteysonly.com>. <laughs> yeah. I thought they just meant my skin tone. Oh, uh, <laughs> God. Uh, that was horrific. Um, yeah. Well, you know. Then I, my first marriage, you know, I knew she had dated a few of the guys in the office. Yeah. When I got engaged and all these guys are showing up to the wedding and, you know, we're all coworkers and buddies. And they're like, hey, man, that's really cool. You know, not, not many guys are secure enough to, you know, have invited all of her ex-boyfriends and lovers. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, well, she slept with, like, everybody at work. I'm like, she did what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony and Bob and Jerry. I've slept with her three times. Two of the guys. <laughs> and I'm like, What? And this was before we got engaged and got married, of course, I hope. <laughs> but I was like, that I found out a little too late. But, you know, it's not like that's part of the questionnaire of dating. Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, Cassie, how many of my fellow coworkers and friends
1: have you had sex with? <laughs> that's not usually what, you know. You should be open about that, though, because it is, you know.
0: Well, and that, that was her. Well, if you'd ever asked me, i go, I didn't think I had to ask you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize you slept with literally everybody that we worked with. Yeah. That was alarming. I don't know if you'll figure this out but our, our relationship did not last long yeah we had uh I got her pregnant on the honeymoon our son celebrated his first birthday we got divorced when I found out she was uh, dating somebody else outside of work yes yes uh yeah that was a weird uh, weird relationship uh, to say the least but man when you get that dropped on your forehead how do you <laughs> that, yeah. that one's a hard one to recover from yeah by the way Dave. <laughs> All the guys here at your wedding have had sex with your wife. Mm. Oh, great. That's
3: yeah, yeah, great. Thanks
0: for sharing know, that story. It makes
2: you feel like everyone's chuckling behind your back.
0: No, they all thought I was just the greatest, most secure man in the planet. Mm. Like I had nothing to fear. uh. So, uh, let's go from that to a real interesting story. Serial killer sketches his victims for authorities. The FBI has released 16 sketches by Samuel Little. Authorities are still trying to connect Samuel Little, who has been convicted of killing three women, but has admitted to killing 90 to cold cases across the country. Now, the 78-year-old has started drawing sketches of his victims for the authorities. According to NBC News, the FBI has released 16 sketches by Little, most of which show women... Uh, One has been identified as a man who went by Mary Ann, or Mary Ann, as opposed to Mary Ann, Mm. or just Mary Ann, and was killed in Miami. The FBI has so far managed to confirm or match to open cases 42 of Little's confessions, but is still working on the rest. Authorities are looking at unsolved deaths between 1970 and 2005 in more than a dozen states and are hoping someone will recognize... The people shown in the sketches. The FBI says Little's drawings have proven quite accurate, per CNN. Two others released in the past resulted in identifications. Little chose to kill marginalized and vulnerable women who were often involved in prostitution and addicted to drugs. Their bodies sometimes went unidentified and their deaths uninvestigated. The FBI has previously said, noting that it also wasn't always obvious the victims were murdered because Little, a former boxer, usually knocked them unconscious first. Little also struggled to provide dates to authorities, though he can offer detailed descriptions of the victims, where and how they were killed, and even what car he was driving at the time. One investigator has said he has a photographic memory of the killings. The newly released sketches um, are each marked with a possible year and city in which the murder was carried out, USA Today reports. Uh, Now, the pictures he's, he's drawn, I've seen the big kind of, Montage of them. Mm-hmm. To me, they're they're horribly sketched. Yeah, they don't look. It could be. I like would not
1: anybody. be able to identify someone. Right, but uh, in, in that case, if you look at those people, yeah, you could probably find are. thirty people that
0: have died that could look like these people. Right. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Yeah, they're not. Good. They're
0: not great. It's but kind
2: of that pop art look. It's just yeah, so, um, maybe like the
1: posterized
0: yeah,
2: yeah, kind of like an Andy Warhol esque.
0: And they're saying that uh, there's 80, possibly 80 to 90 women. Oh jeez! How do these guys just? I guess if they're just moving state to state, and you're attacking these women that are on the lower level of the radar, mm-hmm. there's just not the attention that's being given. Yeah, true. You know, uh, the
1: weird thing about them, yeah, is that they're all like in different poses and expression it's not like you know you would expect them to just be like maybe a face on and a profile but no they're drawn as if he was they're candid them. shots yeah like taken that he like yeah how do you very s- strange 70
0: some years old this is over 30 years 40 years worth of it and he's able to remember to that detail
1: yeah i can't remember the faces of people i met like 15 minutes prior right so <laughs> faces and names but this guy's got a a photographic
0: memory for the murders. Apparently. Well, if he's giving you a name and a city and a state in a basic year,
1: they not that, that sh- pretty good? Yeah. yeah, I
0: think that narrows down the, how many Marianne, Mariannes or Marians yeah. that were probably a guy in drag, how many of those are out there that you don't know about? Yeah. You know, I would think some of those would flag. Or is it that because they were such the lower level of society people that they didn't even keep that close of records to know? And if they didn't know the possible. name of the
1: person... Because back then, you know, in the 70s, it's not like everything was, you know, you're born, you're put in a computer and you're there forever. Yeah. If their birth records are lost or, you know. They didn't have fingerprints, I don't think. Of no,
0: the fingerprints have been around for a long time. But I
1: mean, like, they didn't just fingerprint every body they found. Right.
0: Well, and DNA
2: wasn't a thing. DNA wasn't The thing wasn't with a fingerprints
0: thing. and DNA is the fact that state to state, they don't share that information. Which is so stupid. Right. How is there not a central... You watch NCIS, CSI, well, you because pop it in. Privacy.
1: People are they're worried about their privacy. No, it's not
0: even that. It's just the fact that a lot of these law enforcement agencies don't talk to one another. So they
2: don't they have... They don't share information. Because usually with missing person cases, it gets passed on to the FBI. Not, and they no, can... not always. Really? No.
0: That's the, no, mm-hmm. unless they've crossed state lines. The FBI doesn't always get involved. Once it's crossing state lines, then it's considered federal and at least that's my understanding on this. But there's, yeah, a lot of these laws are just really weird. And the fact that Law enforcement does not share information. And sometimes you may call, you know, I find a crime in my area, and I call Andy, who's a detective in that area, but he doesn't want to tell me about his case because he doesn't want somebody
1: getting the collar for his case. Yeah.
0: yeah, What the hell? The whole object is let's solve the crime.
1: Well, people are, narcissism is a lot more common than people think. Yeah.
0: It is a shame. They
1: would rather get the glory than solve a case. Right? They're all they care it's about, about is winning, themselves, not, not about justice. We've got
0: to take a break. Uh, stay tuned. More Tom Bernard show right after this.